Hey everybody, it's Dave here from Vikings First and Skull, and we are Skulling with Friends today. And this time, we have on a guest, Mr. Corey Cohen of the Pit Talk Network, right? He covers the Pittsburgh University Pit that we all know and love for Fans First Sports Network. He is the affiliate owner and he is here today to talk about Mr. Jordan Addison. Because, yes, we drafted Jordan Addison from USC. But USC was just a one-year stop on his way to the NFL. He spent his primary years at Pitt, where he won a prestigious award for being the best wide receiver in college football. Today on Skulling with Friends, brought to you by Vikings First and Skull. I want to welcome Corey. Corey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you uh, so much for having me. Thrilled to to be on here to talk about uh, the University of Pittsburgh, the Pitt Panthers, and specifically in this one, Jordan Addison, who, as you said, uh, spent uh, his formative years, uh, two years at Pitt, and uh, and especially that that second year, that sophomore year, uh, he really had one heck of a season for the Panthers. So uh, thrilled to talk about him. Well, good. Now, Vikings fans have some questions. We're looking to see how he's going to integrate onto the Vikings. Obviously, we have Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the NFL. So. Addison looks to be the complement, the wide receiver, too. Now, we may have some disagreement amongst the other wide receivers on the team, but it looks like he's a day one starter. He will probably be wide receiver, too. What positions does he play? Is he strictly an outside receiver? Is he a slot guy only? Can he play all three, X, Y, and Z? Can he play out of the backfield? What positions did he play at Pitt? So, so Jordan Addison is is really interesting that he's very versatile, and he he can play out of the backfield. Although generally he's going to want to be at, you know as a as a wide receiver. Uh, in terms of outside or inside, he really can play both and did play both. So he can play outside as the number two guy. Uh, beside uh, Jefferson, he can also play in the slot, and then you can have uh, a different kind of wide receiver out there outside. Uh, so it, it's really interesting. I mean, he he can do it all. What's interesting is ab- about the Vikings drafting him is that his skill set isn't too dissimilar from uh, Justin Jefferson. Not at that level, as you said. Jefferson can make JJ's a strong case. Good. Uh, yeah, he's at best uh, make a strong case. He's the he's the best wide receiver in football. So he, not at that level, but he is a similar kind of player. We you know, saw in the last couple of years the Vikings paired Adam Thielen with Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, and that was a more you could say complementary. One guy did one thing, the other guy did another thing, and they were very different kinds of receivers. Uh, in this particular case. They kind of do a similar thing, so it'll be interesting to see how the Vikings decide to use him, but he is able to essentially do what Justin Jefferson does, but on the other side of the field, and like I said, not you know right. directly comparing him, but a similar kind of player, or he can be in the slot, he can 
He, he thrives with deep balls so he can run 30, 40 yards and go catch a bomb. Or he could, you know, get you 10 yards down the field if you need him to. He did a lot more of that, I think, at USC in his junior year. Didn't get outside much, you know, mm-hmm. down the field much, which I think is part of why he sort of and, regressed. And that was a knock on him coming through the draft was yeah. a lot of people said all he's doing is, you know, screens and right around 10 yards or under 10 yard passes. And it was like, yeah, I know if you watch his tape and look at his history, he can go deeper than 10 yards. Yeah. And it's funny. I forget what it was. It might've been NFL network, but one of the networks after he got drafted, you know, they've got the the clip Mm -hmm. package. They show of them all their top plays. I forget which one it was either ESPN, ABC, NFL network. One of them, the entire clip package for like a minute and a half, every single one was him at Pitt. Not a single that you wouldn't have even known he went to USC. So, I mean, that that goes to show how impressive he was in his two seasons at Pitt. As I said, especially his sophomore year. And then at at USC, they just I don't think they knew exactly how to use him. And so people who are watching primarily those clips will see, oh, he can get a couple yards, as you said, screens, things like that. Mm -hmm. But he what he showed at Pitt, he is in that similar type of player to Jefferson in that you can throw it 30, 40 yards downfield and he'll he'll come down with it a lot of the time. Well, that's good. Now, speaking while his time is Pitt, he obviously contributed to Kenny Pickett being drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. What did he do to get him drafted? What was the obvious things? How did he help Pickett and then translate to how is that going to help Kirk Cousins? So it, it's it's interesting. I mean, with with Kenny Pickett, that was a an incredible partnership between two players, both excellent, both first round draft picks. Kenny Pickett, number twenty, I believe, last year to the Steelers, and then and then Addison this year, just a couple of slots behind. And so they're both phenomenal players. They really complemented each other. It's it's so tough to you know, chicken or the egg cause and effect who was responsible for whom they really both helped each other. And I think neither one has the season that they have without the other one. I don't think Addison wins the Boletnikoff without Kenny Pickett. I don't think Kenny Pickett's a Heisman finalist without Jordan Addison. So they really did have this symbiotic relationship uh, in which they were able to thrive. It'll be interesting with Kirk Cousins. I mean, if, if Jordan Addison has a good quarterback and a good system, and they trust him, and they, and they use him in a way that Pitt used him, especially that sophomore year in, in 2021, then I think he'll thrive. It'll be interesting. You know, Kirk Cousins, he's got weapons. He now mm-hmm. has weapons. I mean, well, he's had Jefferson. The Vikings Addison. offense is going to be a top five offense. It was Yeah, so, so this, is, this is going to be time for Kirk Cousins to mm-hmm. really step up and – you know, no excuse. He's got the the weapons. He's got the players, and then we'll see what he can do with them. Uh, I think if if he steps up and proves that he is a, a, a top quarterback in the NFL, I see Jordan Addison playing a big part in that. In the same way that Kenny Pickett stepped up huge in uh, Pickett's last year at Pitt in twenty twenty one. Whereas before Kenny Pickett was was a good quarterback his first few years, then that last year he became a Heisman finalist, one of the best in the country. And I, I think that opportunity is there for Kirk Cousins to really take this big step up. He is now going to have 
multiple uh, playmakers on that squad, just in the receiving room, who are able to really uh, give him a lot to work with. And oh, so yeah. I think what it, it'll it'll in that similar vein of Kenny Pickett really taking a big step up that year. I think Kirk Cousins could very well have a similar season using Jordan Addison and, of course, Justin Jefferson. And, uh, well, plus we also got K.J. Osborne, who's going to be the one that disagrees with him being a wide receiver, too, because <laughs> K.J. feels he should be. And T.J. Hawkinson as yeah, really one of the premier end, yeah. tight ends in the business. Kirk Cousins has a variety of weapons to throw to. A little off so- subject, I didn't send you a question. How did, was there any visible indication that when things went off script between Pickett, the play went wrong, something went wrong. Any off script communications that you could see between Pickett and Addison? Was there something on the field? Did he come back for passes when Pickett, say, was in trouble? trouble or rolling out did he modify his route did you see any of that when he played uh it's it's a little tough to recall they did have a really good trust one thing about Kenny Pickett that we'll we'll see about Kirk Cousins I'm not sure if if this is part of his game or not but Kenny Pickett what he certainly wasn't a run first quarterback but he was able if the play broke down he could take off uh, maybe most famously in in the ACC championship game, what is now known as the fake slide, a play <laughs> so cool that they had to legislate it out of the game. Uh, so it that that was a situation that uh, it certainly wasn't designed. It was just a play that broke down, and Pickett rolled out and and just hauled down the field. And so in many of those situations, Addison. He could come back. He, If it looked like Pickett was going to go out to run, he could block. In fact, I believe in that fake slide, I believe Addison was blocking for a bit uh, as as Pickett started uh, to dart down the field. So they, they had a good relationship. Again, I'm not sure how mobile Kirk Cousins is going to be if a play breaks down uh, or if things go off script, as you said. But uh, Addison, I think he does have the ability to, to, to uh, improvise. Good. Well, it's it's the ES, ESP connection. I'm hoping that they develop so that yeah. if Kirk's looking over here and Justin is covered, he knows that Addison is over here doing something, and he could just quick flip, boom, completion, <laughs> touchdown. And and that's a really intriguing aspect of where Jordan Addison got drafted in that. He is in a place with a a truly phenomenal wide receiver who's going to get double teamed a lot of the time, and that's mm-hmm. that should provide a ton of opportunity for Jordan Addison to get open. And that's not the case for a lot of wide receivers who get drafted into the NFL and are instantly the number one guy, or even if they're the number two guy, the number one isn't getting double teamed. Right, and where JJ demands it, he demands yeah. doubles and triples. That's the yeah. only way you can shut him down. Yeah, so, so Addison should be able to to get open a lot more than than your typical uh, rookie wide receiver. I think. Well, he's got to replace Adam Thielen now. Adam Thielen last year, it looks like he's lost half a step because of age, getting a little slower, didn't get all the separation he used to, but he still had over seven hundred and fifty yards on the season. So I'm expecting that of Addison this season. 
then he'll get around that range and we'll be quite happy. And just that they're, they're longer, longer pass receptions and maybe more yards after catch than Adam Thielen did. Adam Thielen's great. He's a Minnesotans love him, but he's gone on that backside of his hill and he's since moved on to Carolina this year. So, was there anything from Addison that you see needs improved at this next level? I think the biggest thing is size and the reason why. I think there are two reasons why he didn't go a little bit higher in the draft. One is his size, and then the other is his somewhat disappointing junior year at USC. And so, But in terms of the size, now his height you can't change. He's a little bit undersized. That you can't change. Uh, But his strength, that is something that he can change. And while you don't want to lose the agility that he brings and the speed that he brings, he could stand to to put on some muscle. So I I think if he does make that a priority at the next level, spends more time in the weight room, I think that would be helpful. I think it would help improve his blocking when he needs to. I think it'll help when he's going up against a bigger defensive back. Uh, It'll help him... Uh, be able to to create space and and just command some space uh, against some of those those bigger defensive backs. So I, I think so- muscle and, and I'm saying size, but muscle is is really the main thing. Outside of that, his skill set I really think is is pretty fully formed, and uh, that I, I certainly think is a is a benefit of him in the fact that he was. He was so good. That sophomore year at Pitt, 2021, he was so good that there there wasn't much else for him to do. I, I think that's part of why people questioned the transfer at the time to USC was people, Pitt fans were thinking, what else do you have to prove? I mean, he was already, after that 2021 season, he still had a year where he had to stay in college, and, and he was already slotted as being a first-round draft pick as, at the time, he was the top wide receiver taken in most uh, draft breakdowns and mock drafts and things like that. So he ended up sliding a little bit back, but there was, there was a lot of what more does this guy have to do? He is ready. And if the rules were as they were when Larry Fitzgerald was at Pitt, that you only had to play in college for two years, he would have gone after his sophomore year after winning the Boletnikov because outside of muscle, he is, he is pretty fully formed. Well, why did he move? Was it due to coaching changes at Pitt, or was he chasing NIL money at USC? It's, I think it's a combination of two things. Um, what he would say, certainly, I think is just the coach. I think he would mostly put it on one thing, which is there was a coaching change at the wide receiver coach position. Uh, Brennan Marion was the wide receiver coach, uh, and he there was an opening at offensive coordinator, uh, it's sent from everything that I heard. He wanted the job of offensive coordinator and will, really wanted to take the reins. The problem was that he wanted to completely change the offense. I believe it's called a, a go-go offense. Uh, and uh, so he wanted to completely change it, uh, the, the system. Mm-hmm. And I think what Pat Narduzzi was looking for was someone who is relatively stable and keeps things essentially the same, didn't want to rock the boat too much. And so he didn't 
promote Brennan Marion to offensive coordinator. Marion uh, was very sort of public about it on Twitter, which then Pat Narduzzi didn't like. I think they had a bit of a falling out. And then Marion goes off to be wide receivers coach at Texas the next year. So uh, there was that change in terms of a different offensive coordinator and then his wide receiver coach ends up leaving. So it's not that everything was the same, not to mention Kenny Pickett leaving Mm-hmm. And uh, Keaton Slovis coming in from, ironically, from USC. There ended up being almost a, like a prisoner <laughs> a swap. swap. Um, yeah. But uh, but at the time, Keaton Slovis seemed promising. Now, as it turns out, he, he did not have a very good season. But at the time, it seemed, oh, you've got a guy who's who's been somewhat of a veteran. He had a, one phenomenal season at USC uh, where he, he got some awards there. And so it, it wasn't that. Uh, there was nothing left for him at Pitt that the program was being blown up or anything like that. There were some changes, nothing major. The number one cause in my belief and many people's beliefs is NIL money. Uh, There are reports that were all over the place, and this is sort of a frustration with NIL of how under the table it all is. And I think Mm -hmm. if I were uh, czar of college football, if there was a commissioner – I would say that this should be above ground. This should be transparent. And I'm fine with people getting money and the NIL deals and all that, but it should be more transparent. And so the fact that that it wasn't, we really don't know exactly how much he got. There were rumors that he was getting a house. There was rumors that he was getting millions of dollars. That's million plural, millions plural. Um, right. uh, yeah. Now, um, then there were reports that Pitt matched the offer. Uh, we that, that that they were making calls to donors. They were able to match the offer, and he still left anyway. Uh, at that point, it seemed like he had one foot out the door. It, it was frustrating because everything was so under the table. In fact, all of that happened before he was even in the transfer portal, which I think is the thing that bothered most Pitt fans. Wasn't even that he left. It was more that there was clear tampering from Lincoln Riley, who had just gotten to USC and was poaching a lot of people in sort of backroom deal kind of ways. So it was more that by the time that the report even comes out, he's still not in the transfer portal. And yet it's essentially a done deal that Addison's going to USC and he's got millions of dollars and a house and all that stuff coming his way. And that even though Pitt might have been able to, to uh, to match the offer, Addison had essentially already decided, despite not being in the transfer portal yet. All that said, we don't actually know because nothing is public. Again, right. that, that it's all is the, it's all private till the NCAA it, does the investigation. And right, so it's, kicks USC it's the out wild of west bowl, out of bowl games for the next right. ten years. It, exactly. So mm-hmm. we have no idea for now. Uh, Narduzzi actually just gave an interesting quote, I believe, yesterday, saying. Uh, It was was to The Athletic talking about uh, tampering and things like that and how this past offseason Pitt actually didn't get raided. And he thinks part of that is because a year ago he made it very public that he he thought it was tampering what was happening. And that, in fact, in in this article uh, that I I believe was in The Athletic, he was the only coach that that put his name on record. So he he was not ashamed to, to... raise his hand and say, hey, this isn't okay, uh, the, the tampering aspect of it. And so, um, again, long story short, there are, 
there are a couple reasons that I think he left. I don't think it was. I think there is reason to believe that maybe he was concerned or just didn't like that his wide receiver coach wasn't going to be there, that the quarterback was going to be different, things like that. But ultimately, uh, I do think this came down to money. And uh, if he could have gone pro after two years, I think he would have done that. Short of that, I think he liked the idea of getting paid a lot of money, however much it was, um, to to go play for USC. And um, I think a lot of Pitt fans can't fault him, but I think they took a problem, took issue with, with the process. With the tampering in particular, yeah. yes. Well, he obviously cares about money. One of the comments he made right after the draft is, let's all get paid. And there's something to that effect. And he's obviously got uh, swag to him. He came out in the yep. the beautiful pink and the studded. I mean, he was just, he was done up. He's, he's got ready that, to that play. wide receiver attitude, yep. that swagger. That, yep. that almost diva-ish attitude. <laughs> well, he's going to have to earn it with the Vikings because, like I said, K.J. Osborne is not going to let him have that slot easily that wide receiver two spot. He is a little small, which worries me a bit, but the way I've seen, watched film on him and how he runs routes, I think he is a route tactician. He is coming to one of the best wide receiver coaches in the business, Keenan McCardell, who obviously knows how to coach wide receivers, been with the Vikings for a few years now. He's in a good situation. Is, is what I'm saying. I saw him today, first time. They had some photos out of the rookie minicamp. He does look a little small. I worry about this. I played line, right? I like big guys. And little guys worry me a little bit. But if he can get open, and from what I watched, he's a little bit slippery. He doesn't take yep. direct hits. Yep. He, he likes to, you know, a little offside. That'll help him. Because there will be NFL players that want to literally remove his head from his body. Yep. And he's got to be ready for that. So it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays this season. I look forward to, obviously, the training camps coming up. And obviously, preseason a lot. Because he'll get a lot of balls in preseason. And we'll see how it goes there. Are there any cool... Stories that you know about him. Yeah, I mean, there, there's one story that, that came out, I, I believe he said it in a speech when he won the, the Boletnikov, which was that every day in uh, the facilities that uh, that Pitt has, they have the Boletnikov trophies there on display from the two previous Pitt wide receivers that had won the award. Uh, one was Antonio Bryant the other was uh, Minnesota's uh, own Larry Fitzgerald uh, mm-hmm. from uh, from from your neck of the woods. Also from my neck of the woods, I live in the Philadelphia area, and Larry Fitzgerald did spend okay. one year at uh, Valley Forge Military Academy, uh, <laughs> but primarily a, a Minnesota okay. guy. <laughs> he was, and we always wanted him to be a Vikings, but he spent his whole career down in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he he made uh, he made his his. His everything in Arizona, and, and I think he could be governor there if you wanted to. <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. Uh, but so, so those were the two Boletnikov winners previously. Good company to be in if you're Jordan mm-hmm. Addison. But he said that every single day he walked past where the two Boletnikov trophies were, and he held his hand up uh, to the trophies and said that that was my, that's my goal. That's what he wanted. That was his goal was to win a Boletnikov. So when he was able to do it. 
I, I think that was really cool for him. It was cool for the university that's had some really good wide receivers, uh, sometimes wide receivers who are great but maybe not paired with a quarterback at the right time. I'm thinking back a few years ago, Tyler Boyd was a phenomenal wide receiver for the Panthers, and he just he didn't have what Jordan Addison had, which was a consistency from quarterback, a consistent, consistently good quarterback. I believe with, with Tyler Boyd, he was at Pitt for three years and went to the NFL. I think he had Tom Savage for one year, he had Chad Wojtek for one year, and then he had Nate Peterman for one year. And there were you know a lot of changes, and, and he was incredibly talented, maybe as talented as Jordan Addison. It just didn't come together with the connection. Obviously, that's just a big, a big aspect of being wide receiver. And so it was cool that it, with the history of Pitt having some very good wide receivers, that it finally came together. They had a great wide receiver and a great quarterback there at the same time. They were able to make magic happen, and uh, winning that ACC championship is is a memory that I think Pitt fans will carry with them for a lifetime. It's something that was the goal. If you're Pitt, you're not expecting that you're going to win a national championship. That's not a realistic goal. Uh, moving forward now with an expanded playoff, there's a better chance in that, okay, you can win your conference, get into the playoff, and now who knows what can happen. But certainly for the last you know decades, since 1976, the last national championship, and, and since the days of Dan Marino, Pitt isn't a one of the top four best teams in the country generally, but to win the ACC, that's been the goal. And in 2021, using Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison and a whole lot of other players, but especially that connection, they were able to do it. Uh, Addison had one hell of a season, one hell of a game. He had a great game down there in, in Charlotte, and they accomplished the goal that Pitt fans were, were hoping for from the day that Pitt announced they were moving to the ACC. And so... That is something that even though fans were, as I said, upset about the process of him leaving, they were upset that he left at all. They were hoping he'd come back. He was a great player, and it was mm-hmm. it was a bummer to lose the best player in the country, without a doubt. And to not have Jordan Addison, when he's drafted in the NFL, for it to say USC and not Pitt, because I right. think a lot of people took pride in the the development of him. And so it was definitely a shame that he left. I know some fans are still more upset about it than others. Uh, obviously a lot of it depends on their, their reasoning and tampering and money and all that, whatever it is. Uh, he had two great years at Pitt, especially that second year. And, uh, it, it's, it's definitely cool to see him make it to that next level. And I, I think it's, he's got a great situation in Minnesota because Jefferson's there that, and, and there's an experienced quarterback that he should have plenty of opportunity. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I, it's, JJ had eighteen hundred yards next year. If he wants to set that as a goal for himself, I wish him luck. <laughs> um, I I hope he gets a thousand, right? And Kirk yeah, Cousins I, can do that. He's a very accurate passer. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, and he's very very accurate. And he's going to have the opportunities. And I think Vikings fans are quite pleased that we got him. What have yeah, you got? It's. It, it, no, it, really quickly, it's going to be interesting to see that dynamic. Some of the player comps that I have thought about and then also that I saw him uh, on his player comps on different draft sites leading up to the draft. Uh, one was Tyler Lockett and another was Devontae Smith. And the two of them, I think, are pretty apt in that with both of them, they've had these situations 
that are similar to the one that Addison's walking into with Devonte Smith in Philadelphia. He's got AJ Brown on the other side, mm-hmm. and and so he can sort of he's the number two guy, and he's a little bit undersized, but he's quick and and he's got some interesting opportunities there. Tyler Lockett and C- see in uh, Seattle who spent many years there, and there was DK Metcalf on the other right. side. And again, uh, he was essentially the number two, but he, he was slippery and he could do certain things. I think Addison uh, can, can be a similar player to Devontae Smith and Tyler Lockett. Well, and those are comps that we heard, and we hope that is the case. So what have you got going on at Pit Talk, Talk Network? Yeah, so Pit Talk Network, it's uh it is the the network for the University of Pittsburgh for the Pit Panthers on uh, Fans First Sports Network and uh we we used to be affiliated with SB Nation. We're now proud to be affiliated with Fans First Sports Network. And yeah, we we just got started recently. The the timing of when everything with SB Nation ended wasn't ideal uh because for the college season, it's happened right after March Madness, essentially, mm-hmm. right after uh, Pitt in March Madness. So not the best time to start things up because generally our bread and butter is going to be August through March, and we got going in, in April. Uh, but we, we've still had uh, a good time getting started. We've had a couple conversations about the draft, the Pitt players that went in the draft, uh, had a conversation with someone in uh, uh, about the Tampa Bay Bucks, who drafted two players, including one in the first round from Pitt. Another conversation uh, with the Jets uh, podcast on FFSN, uh, who they they also drafted two Pitt players. So right now we're still talking about the draft, and then you know summer little bit slow, some recruiting, and then uh, before you know it, August will be here, and and we'll be talking all things football, and it should be a really great uh, time to 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 uh to follow pit sports so if anyone's listening who's interested in pit sports uh it's it's a lot of fun and uh you, you never know what you're gonna get with uh with pit football especially so uh yeah pit talk network is the is the network you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts subscribe to pit talk network the twitter account is pit talk network and uh, we've got a show on football, a show on basketball with, when it's in season, show on Olympic sports uh, when anything goes on there. So, uh, and, and we're hoping to, to keep growing and to keep expanding. So, uh, as I said, if you're listening, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow on Twitter. Uh, tell your friends about it if, if they uh, uh, care at all about uh, pit football, uh, pit basketball, or really anything uh, related to that. Uh, we're hoping to uh, to really grow it, so I, uh, I I do appreciate it. Well, you may find some in the Vikings fan base. Not every Vikings fan is from Minnesota or lives in Minnesota. They are scattered around the states and around the world. And, oh yeah, and and, and there have- are a lot of Pitt fans. I, I should say that are either from Minnesota or moved to Minnesota. I've got two friends uh, from Pitt who live in Minnesota now. So uh, I, I know that it's uh, not uh, a direct, not all Pitt fans are Steelers fans, not all Vikings fans are from Minnesota. There can certainly be a crossover. That's right. Well, great. I want to thank you for coming on. This has been a great scolding with friends. It's good to meet you. And I wish Pitt luck in the upcoming seasons in 2023, both football basketball, and all the sports. And Thank you very much, and uh, same to the Vikings. What do you guys say? What uh, amongst friends up there when you're talking about Pitt? 
Hail to Pit is is the uh, the tagline. Hail to Pit. You know what we say? Skull. Skull Vikings. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like, rate us on your favorite aggregator. And if you want to see our visual products, join us over on Vikings First and Skull YouTube page. This has been a podcast-only production of Vikings First and Skull, Skulling with Friends. Skull Vikings! <laughs>